Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Money Mitch Effect. I'm your host, Mitch Michaels. You know what time it is. It's time to talk sports. And we got a special show on tap for you, just for you. Did this show just for you. I'm glad you're listening. This is going to be a football edition. Got my boy Chris Miller coming in for the first time in months, like eight months to be exact. We're going to talk about week three in the NFL, break down all the stuff that took place on the field. A lot of drama, a lot of great games, some beatdowns as well. The Jaguars, the Ravens, Tom Brady doing Tom Brady things. Some close games, some wacky results, all that and more with Chris Miller. And then following that up, I'm going to talk to Matt Wittenberg about the college football scene. It was another interesting Saturday and Friday night. You know, it's what we got going, but it was an interesting Saturday. Penn State escaping by the skin of their teeth, all that and more. It is the Money Mitch Effect. I'm Mitch Michaels, football time. Let's start the show. Alright, we're back. We're back, finally. After, what, eight long months. Finally talking football again with Chris Miller on the Money Mitch Effect. Week yes. three of the NFL. Chris, thanks for joining the show. Hey, glad to be back. I was wondering when you were going to call me. I guess we had to wait for football season. Yeah, you just had to wait your turn. Uh, hibernation, I guess some people that's would call enough. it. You know, yeah, but, I am uh, kind of a bear, so that's but, not cool. I was, hey, I was sleeping a lot. I, I didn't want to wake you more than anything. <laughs> um, but I'm back now. Week three, yeah. You know what? I like this too, and I'm glad we we got into it now. Week three, because this is when some would say it's like a fool's gold type week. Some would say that you know we're starting to have a little bit of expectations. You know, first two weeks we think we know who's good. We think we know what the trends are going to be, and I think it's a problem this time of year sure. when the upsets and, and we start to say, "Wait a minute!" I think you saw a lot of that today. Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, <laughs> I just finished watching some of that. Mm. With the with the Raiders and the Redskins, you know, and this is a game that you know the Raiders definitely they were a favorite team. Uh, they had so much momentum coming off of that Jets game. Everyone thought they were just going to roll this Redskins defense, and it was the exact opposite. It was brutal. Uh, yeah. We're going to get to that in just a second. I do yeah. want to mention briefly. We're going to talk about all the Sunday games, but was that the best Thursday night game or the most entertaining Thursday night game we've seen in a long time? Rams, um, 49ers, and I always say most entertaining because I'm just programmed now by this color rush to just be tired, <laughs> lazy teams that can't move the ball. And yeah. This was not the crispest game, but definitely entertaining. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think this was, honestly, that was one of the better Thursday night games that, that I've certainly watched of recent, you know, and I know we've talked about this before on the podcast. I'm not a big fan of Thursday night football. Mm. I think it's watered down. The players don't want to play the games. And it's typically a pretty boring product. But this one was surprisingly a shootout yeah, between these two teams. It just bought us like 10 more years of Thursday night football. I know, exactly. Game. And speaking of the you know expectations, and you know, I'm curious to see now if this means that from that game, if the, we're going to see Todd Gurley of old after this game, or if that's just Todd well, Gurley playing against a bad team. You know, I've we're three weeks in now, and I'm – Pretty wrong on a lot of predictions, <laughs> but I will say I'll take yeah. this one to the bank. Goff, I thought, would have a better year, and Gurley in that way, too, just because you have a new guy. You don't have Jeff Fisher there. Yeah. you got receivers now. That's going to yeah. help Gurley, too. Oh, for sure. The Niners, we know, are years away, and I think Shanahan will, go, will figure out a system that will make them confident soon, but they just don't have the talent yet. Uh, I guess the, the, so. the question is, is, are the Niners going to be patient with Shanahan like they weren't with with well, Tom Sula we'll see with Lynch. Kelly. We'll see what, if they're going to give Lynch free reign. He says he wants to be patient. So, 
he's calling the shots in the football department now. Maybe. But my solution yeah. would be instead of Thursday night football, if, if we really want to have that extra weeknight game, let's do the doubleheader on Monday night more often. I, I, I agree. Or double night, a doubleheader on Sunday night. Yeah. Either or. I'm fine right? with, with either of those. I, I like the opening weekend double night. Oh, it's amazing. Now, granted... ESPN sort of put like the B squad on the, on that, oh. on that Denver <laughs> yeah. Chargers game, but still, like hey, you watch what you say about Sergio Dip. No, <laughs> <laughs> but, no, you're right. But it's, having uh, a chance to watch two games on, a, on a, yeah. in the evening, yeah, love it. Especially living on the West Coast, it's I know it's tough for for the East Coasters, but you know, being out here in Los Angeles on the West Coast when yeah. that that second mm-hmm. game starts around once a year, you know, though, once a year, it's eight, not, you know, yeah, I love you know. it. I'm, I would be a fan of that, too. But, all right, so for Sunday's action, I want to start with the bad news first with you, and that's the Raiders-Redskins right. Sunday night game. And, man, that was one-way traffic uh, by a mile. Redskins won that game 27-10. to 10. Yep. Chris, it wasn't that close. I mean, all 10 points that the Raiders had came off of turnovers. The muff punt was, was what led to the touchdown. Yep. We're looking at a Raiders team that we thought after two weeks wins over the Titans and Jets, respectively, that this – was a darling Super Bowl pick or a, or a darling AFC contender, I should say. Yeah. This was a clunker. This was just an awful game uh, by an offense that we expected so much from. What are your thoughts about the Raiders as legitimate threats? I know this is a bad game, but did you see stuff this game that makes you think, because I know you're an optimistic fan, that this might be harder than, than it looks going into the season? Well, sure. I mean, even, even the great teams, you know, hiccup. It happens. I mean, look at, you know, like the Pats week one, they had a hiccup against the Chiefs. They almost had a major hiccup this week against the Texans. I think this game exposed an element of the Raiders that I knew going into this season was going to be an issue for them. That was right tackle. Mm -hmm. And it just felt to me like there was elements of that offensive line that just weren't in, in sync. For some reason, Carr and Rodney Hudson were just completely out of sync. There was at least three snaps on shotgun plays where the ball came, you know, before it was supposed to, you know. And I think it was—I think it was one of those moments where I think the Raiders got overly confident from their last week game, and I think it bit them in the butt. And hopefully, they look at this and say, "Hey, this is not who we are." We need to hunker down and play a little better and and come back with a big win in Denver next week. Yeah, stating the obvious, the line has issues, but I have noticed, and this could just be one game, they could be fine next week, or you know, they could be 500, depending on what happens against Denver. Right. But I'm starting to see the teams that do have success against this new revamped Raiders team, and it starts with having a pass rush. Sure. The Chiefs last year twice beating them, using it with getting to car because right. they have those weapons and you know you need you need big physical cornerbacks to have success in this league the rest can certainly have those their secondary hits hard yep. but it all starts oh, yeah. by getting in car's grill and not giving him time though i will say and we talked about this before i turned your mic on play calling did not look good tonight offensive approach did not look good tonight no. it's not all on them but you'd like to see more aggressiveness from a unit with all that talent Oh yeah, I mean, I like I said before we started talking. You know, I felt a lot of this goes on the coaching. I thought the play calling was really bad, uh, even though they weren't getting big gains with Lynch. I thought that they really w- went away from the power run game way too early. That's definitely something that's gonna yeah. have to come big. Come yeah, big nine, car- next week nine carries the for those three running backs: Washington, Lynch, and Richard. That's yeah, it, so. and that's. 
they sort of got that whole bulletin board material when the Redskins were saying, "Look, we're just going to dare them to throw on us." Mm-hmm. And I think that like they baited them a little bit. I think they, I think they baited them a little bit, and I think the Raiders sort of had, you know, a couple of bad runs with Lynch and said, "Whoa, okay, let's just air it out instead." Yeah. And uh, yeah, it bit them in the butt, and you definitely can't do that against teams that have a decent secondary. You definitely, definitely cannot do that against Denver in Denver. And defensively, not a great day. Now, I know their offense gave him nothing, but Cousins was immaculate today. 350 yards, 25 for like 30. Yeah. And he's a guy that I think still is fighting for the respect that he deserves and, and had a great day with that team. But that was the Raiders team we saw in their losses last year too, a, a defense that has some major secondary issues. It's almost like, if Khalil Mack isn't getting a sack or coming close to getting a sack, yeah. you might not feel good about the play that's about to happen. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, you know, they definitely need to work on that pass rush. The pass rush will make that secondary better. They were getting almost no pressure on the Redskins. You know, <laughs> the Redskins' offensive line was like Hog Molly 2.0 for sure. Yeah. Um, no, they, they, nobody they, in dresses, though. Nobody <laughs> in dresses, no. And. Probably not me either this year. We'll see. Uh, I'll, I'll, have yeah. to, I'll have to find some sort of team to pick to, to be my dress team. We came a lot closer to that. What was the bet again last year? We came like reason. It wasn't. It, it was that the Colts were going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. They didn't even okay. make the playoffs. I know. They were like seven and nine, and they they didn't get eliminated until like the second last week. Yeah. They were just, yeah, okay. But here's one thing that really bugged me about this game. A lot of things bugged me about this game. <laughs> one of the best defensive players on the field today was Zach Brown. Yeah. Zach Brown was in Alameda during the offseason for a chance with, to sign with the Raiders, and the Raiders were not able to work out something with him. Uh, ultimately, it pissed him off, and he left and went and, and he ended had this up in game circled on his calendar. Yeah, and mm. what do the Raiders need more than anything else? A middle linebacker. And mm. here they let one of the best ones go, and he proved why he should have gotten paid by them. We'll see what happens with Denver uh, next week for Oakland. For Washington, I mean, they lose week one to Philly, a division rivalry game, first week of the season, tight game. I mean, they're 2-1 and yeah. one now, and yeah. they could still be a pretty good team. I mean, that division, uh, we'll get to some other games in just a second, but I think 10-6, and six, maybe even 9-7 and seven could win the NFC East this year. I'm, I'm just not buying the depth of, uh, of how good this is going to be and how many wins it's going to take. Yeah, I think it, I think ten and six. I think Washington right now is the best team in that division. Mm-hmm. I I put them over the Cowboys just because I think and the Eagles too. That's... Yeah, yeah. I mean the Eagles. Well, I I want to get to that game. That was pretty crazy. Um, <laughs> but I think Washington is the most balanced team of of the teams in the NFC East right now, it's... especially. Uh, after the display today. It's going to be a dogfight. Well, Money Mitch Effect, Chris Miller, NFL Week 3, London game. Got to mention that. Got to mention the London game, yeah. The, your London Jaguars, again. <laughs> just the gift that keeps on giving. I know. But the the best gift, and I will say this, Blake Bortles now undefeated against the Ravens in London. So there you, <laughs> so there you go. So there you go. He's got so something going for him. But they destroyed them today. What happened to the Ravens' great defense? I thought, like, you want to talk about the, the, all the hyperbole that was going on up until week three. Everyone was talking about, oh, the Ravens' defense, they're back. Eric Weddle, so, Terrell Suggs. And yeah. then, boom, couple, they, they dropped 44 <laughs> okay. points. A <laughs> couple, couple things on that. I mean, yeah, 44-7 to seven beat down by the Jags. And yeah. 
it is week three. Like we said at the start of the show, things start to happen that, you know, we stop in our tracks. Sure. But the biggest thing, you look back in, in hindsight, always 2020, and you say, well, maybe these teams they beat weren't that good. They beat the Browns and the Bengals. Yeah. None of those teams have wins. True. <laughs> so True. I, I, I still think the Ravens it probably just had a bad game. It's playing in London. It's a different routine. It's not, you know, the same. You're, you have a lot of travel to account for. At the end of the day, Bortles was lighting them up. Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles. <laughs> not Tom Brady, not Aaron Rodgers, not Bart Starr. <laughs> Blake Bortles <laughs> well, was lighting yeah. them up, and they couldn't get anything going on offense. It was as bad a game from Flacco as I've seen in a very long time. Yeah, it snowballs in this league. It doesn't matter who you're playing. I mean, and, and I will say the Ravens don't exactly have an offense built for late comebacks. So Here, here's the thing: yeah, how bad was was Flacco today? You ask. So bad they put a Brian Mallet. That's how bad Flacco played today. Man, it was it was brutal. But for the Jags, I mean, it, it's funny. I thought we'd be writing them off so far. They're two and one, and their two wins are over Houston and Baltimore. Yeah, I don't I don't know how good this AFC South is. You talked about ten and six, nine and seven. The the, the AFC South division? is such an enigma. But I think what we saw today, though, in London. And also week one with the Jags is the defense that everyone was sort of expecting the Jags to, to have. You know, and you bring in someone like, you know, Calais Campbell. Uh, you've got an extremely talented secondary. And they're starting to, to gel. I mean, we'll see. Will it continue? I, I think so. I think the Jags are... I'm not going to say they're the real deal. I'm not going to say they're the best team in their division, but... They're looking good, and you know, and I, I hope that they end up being Clayus. the team that we want them to be. Clayus is a beast. beast, and oh my god! And matchups are everything in the NFL. Houston has a weakness, and it's in their O line. And mm. Clayus Campbell destroyed that O line week one, oh and then he's going to yeah. play him again. And that's a team that matches up very well with Houston, better than a, a lot. I do want to talk about though. You mentioned that maybe the the underrated the game of the day, Giants Eagles was a phenomenal football game with a, with a lot of football games that you would have thought would have been, you know, high, heavy firepower matchups. This game had everything. It had everything. It had yeah. terrible play calls early. It had the catch rule was in there. We had oh, dog yeah. peeing celebrations. Yeah, you, had, you, had, you had Odell Beckham doing Odell Beckham things. Yeah, I, the, the dog <laughs> community loved this game. A lot of tributes <laughs> in this game. But uh, the Eagles win 27-24, to 24, and the first thing that jumps out to me was how the Giants' offense did finally wake up after yep. 10 quarters of slumber in the second half they got going. And you thought at that moment they could turn it on, their defense could, could will them to it. Their defense bent at the end of that game. Carson Wentz continues to improve. We talk about leaps every year. Goff, who I mentioned earlier, Wentz is making that year two leap. He looks like a significantly better quarterback, and I think he showed it late in this game. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, and this is part of the reason why, when we were talking earlier, why I, I don't think the Eagles are the better team right now in the a- NFC East, even though Wentz is playing better. In the division. Even, though, yeah. even though they pulled off this win, they gave up, what, 24 points to a team that had yet to score a touchdown this season. And their, their defense is supposed to be solid. You know, yeah. they definitely showed some, uh, some weaknesses. But then again... Beckham is clearly a lot healthier than he was the first couple of games of the season. Obviously, he didn't play week one. Brandon Marshall looked more like uh, what you would expect from Brandon Marshall. 
And then Sterling Shepard, oh my, he had a great game too. What frustrates Giant fans, and by the, just for the record, I don't think they're dead in this division, even at 0-3. I think there's still time for this team because I don't think you're going to have to take a lot of wins, and this could yeah. be the first step. Well, they started out slow last year too. The line is porous. And they're not giving Eli. And Eli's got to step his game up a little, too. That's the other big thing. Yeah. But they can't run the ball. And they have all these no. playmakers, but they don't have time and the means to get them the ball. The Eagles, you heard the same thing. Why aren't they running the ball more? Today they did. Today they gave it to Smallwood and, and LeGarrette Blount. Yep. Now, I know Sproles, I think, broke his arm and is going to be out for an indefinite amount of time. But you still have some options. You're balancing it out. And you're making plays uh, down the stretch. But, yeah, I mean, the Eagles are a team that I'm not the biggest Doug Peterson fan. I just I think his his coaching style, his play calling style, is Andy Reid light. You know, not nearly as good as anything that Andy Reid well, does. From the same tree. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm thinking this is a 500 football team. They're going to win some close games. They're going to be you know about eight and eight, seven and nine. I think that's a fair assumption yeah. for this or a fair uh, pick for this team. And I'm just I mean I look at the Giants. Like, could you imagine if they could actually run the ball with the talent? Do they have a defense? If they could just control the clock and not have to pass the ball. You know, 40, 50 times. I mean, I know that's a little excessive. But did you see? Well, 47 <laughs> times today for Eli. Did you see the kicker? Josh Elliott, that's the name, right? Yeah. I believe 60, Jake Elliott. Jake, yeah. uh, we'll get a ruling on the first name. It was Jake a, Elliott. Jake yeah. Elliott, okay. Rookie. 61-yarder for the win. Clutch. Huge kick. One of the longest Amazing kicks kick. ever. Did yeah. you see him in his press conference after? He looks like he's 16 years old. To, I didn't get a chance to watch him. It's like he came from a middle school golf tournament. He probably did. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. It's funny because they do the press conferences and they just, you know, dissolve in and out of one. So you'll go from, I forget who it was, some giant NFL player <laughs> yeah. to this little kid <laughs> that was the hero. So that good kick for him. was amazing, by the way. Great I, day for kicking today. By the way, uh, yes. we're going to get to their game in a minute. But Matt Prater, what Ooh, he's what doing, I mean, he's hit, what, 11 straight. From 50 plus yards. He was one of the highest scorers on one of my fantasy teams today. Yeah, I got burned by him in one league. But it's impressive, though. Like, he is just money from 50 plus. Yeah. And uh, I think I heard the Atlanta radio guy say, What a weapon after he just drilled another one. It's sure. what he is. That's what these kickers are. But, I mean, granted, you know, Laws Figgles have been in a dome. So let's, I'm okay. curious to see what happens when he has to play, you know, like in Green Bay, he's playing in Chicago yeah. in the cold. Uh, but he did come from Denver, yeah. so he does have he does have that background. Does the altitude help though? Does he get? Of course it does. Okay. I mean, that's uh, you can't deny the altitude. I mean, that's part of yeah. uh, the reason why like Janikowski hit a sixty-three right. yarder. I think was it Prater who had the sixty-four uh, yarder. Well, right? Janikowski, I think it was Polish upbringing and uh, a lot of drinks and <laughs> <laughs> a lot of a lot of heavy partying. Uh, yeah, that led to that. Yeah, it's part of his regimen. Uh, we'll have to get. Yeah, we'll get a uh, a geometry major or something on here in the <laughs> breakdown. I, I'm of wondering if uh, Tavecchio has been uh, training with Janikowski. Is he on the same like regimen? Is that why he's I had hope, a pretty good year? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. The Janikowski regimen is not FDA approved. <laughs> I feel very confident <laughs> saying that. Uh, all right, another great game today. Patriots Texans. Oh yeah. And what's funny about this game, New England wins 36 to 33. If I told you the final score, the first reaction would be, wow, Pats are kind of vulnerable. Yeah. But if you actually watch this game and how they won it and down the stretch, every Pats fan is on cloud nine because Brady just does it again. Yeah. Makes the plays when it counts. I think those both can be true. I think you can marvel at Brady's greatness and the offense looking like it has some legitimate weapons yet again. Yeah. Also saying, as it was the case in the Kansas City game, this defense needs some work. The defense definitely needs some work. 
you know, they have some, you know, some moments here and there. And granted, you know, not all of uh, the Texans' points were offensive. They did have the one uh, clowny. Sorry, they had the one clowny fumble recovery touchdown. So technically, their defense only gave up twenty six points. But yeah, they, Watson they, carved them up. Yeah, well, and a rookie QB had never has still never beaten Belichick in Foxborough, which is crazy. All the yeah. years he's been there, three hundred yards passing for a guy that yeah either. The Houston coaching staff kind of had blinders on or a preordained notion of who they wanted to be the quarterback because it's hard to believe that that he wasn't the starter week yeah, one. I, I, or maybe Tom Savage does just look great in shorts like they say. And he just <laughs> he's all he's about – He's really good in practice. He's a yeah. great practice player. Yeah, I just – I don't know what it is with Bill O'Brien quarterbacks. I'm like, I like him, then I don't like him, then I like him, then I don't like him again. But Deshaun Watson, I have to say, watching him and, and even your boy Deshaun Kaiser – uh, in Cleveland, I mean, there's a lot of good young uh, quarterback talent I'm, right now, too. We'll get to Kaiser in a, <laughs> in a sec. but Hey, he's doing he's the best shown, with what he's got yeah, to work with. That's a very fair take. New England's offense, the passing game, Brandon Cooks, a game changer for them, a, a big addition to that offense. Chris yeah. Hogan had two touchdowns today, Chris, where he was wide open. I mean, yeah. I don't know if that was just his route running or the scheme, but – Two wide open touchdowns, and then with Gronk, another one of the five touchdowns that Brady threw today. Yeah, Gronk now is seventy. It's insane. The third fastest ever to seventy touchdowns, and we're not talking tight ends. It's Rice, Moss, and Gronk. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, he's probably if he's healthy, he's the greatest tight end of all time. Like, there's, it's gonna be that way. Unless yeah, an I mean, happens. if he stays healthy, I definitely see him breaking the now Antonio Gates held record for tight ends. Yeah, enjoy it, Antonio. <laughs> yeah, enjoy it for the next like, let's say three years. Let's give him three years on that to get forty-two touchdowns. Three years, he would. Oh man, wow. Well, that's that's reasonable. It is. But yeah, Brandon Cooks. I mean, he is giving them exactly what everyone thought he would. He's giving them a vertical uh, element to that offense that they never really had before. But his first touchdown that game wasn't even a vertical play. He was just a basic coming across the middle. And Brady hit him perfectly in stride. And then he and Brandon Cooks did what Brandon Cooks does, and that's just burn the defense. How, he is fast. How did they get him without even having to give up Malcolm Butler? It just upsets me. <laughs> just, yeah, I don't I, it's just weird. I, just, I don't understand what this that the Saints are thinking. This is all without one. this is all without Edelman too, so scary. But yeah. New England's not this with their defense looking as vulnerable as they have been, they're not going to be this resounding favorite week in, week out. So there's going to be times when they can be got, and yeah. this is a big game to have. You don't want to go under 500 this early in the season, but for sure, some work to do. Yeah, I mean, the I think the Pats definitely look like a great team. I don't think they're the best team in the AFC right now. I would give that to the Chiefs, and rightly so. The Chiefs beat the Patriots one-on-one. Yeah, one. It's hard to find someone to disagree there. But the Patriots definitely look good. But they, yeah, they got to get this defense uh, a little tightened up. The, the the defense looked pretty good last week. They had some. Yeah. They, they were pretty good last week. But this week, uh, where's Stephon Gilmore? Where's he? Where's, where's, where's all that money they paid him? He looked good last week, and then no show this week. It was a no show. Do they trade? The most part. Are they going to trade Malcolm Butler? I mean, he's been. They've been sour on him. This could be a Jamie Collins type deal again. We'll see. Ooh, was he going to go to the Browns too? I mean. <laughs> Maybe. That's another attending to Siberia moment. And <laughs> the Cleveland Patriots? Here we go. <laughs> all, right, uh, uh, all right. Well, now on the Money Mitch Effect, we'll talk about that game. Colts-Browns. And this is yeah. how I'm going to tease up. Colts win this game 31-28. It was not that close. The Browns made it closer at the end. Browns were road favorites in this game, Chris. 
with my motto being if the Browns were going to lose this game, I was going to be all ready for draft mode, and that's where we're at right now because this was a game that they could have won. You're already throwing in the towel already. The Colts are not a good team. The Colts are not a good team. Well, I think the Colts... On accomplishing anything this year, 0-3... Losing to the Colts, and the, oh, and I feel a lot better about that Ravens loss. Now that they lost by thirty-seven to Jacksonville. I will say this: I think, I think the Colts are a better team than they get credit for. But they're yeah, they're not a good team. That's true. T.Y. Hilton destroyed every member of the Browns secondary today. They could not guard him. It was tough to watch. Brissett had a good game, though. I will caution yeah. all you Brissett truthers out there. That <laughs> that it was against the Browns. Let's just let it you know simmer for a little bit and see how he does against better competition. But this all comes down to the talent side of things. Kaiser's accuracy is a question mark right now. Yeah, there's not weapons for him. I mean, Duke Johnson is pretty much it. He's probably the only guy I trust at the moment of any of their skill guys. So. Yeah. Coleman, what I would have said, yeah, I mean, in Joku, I should say he's a young guy too. He's figuring it out. And Coleman, I was getting there, and you know, breaks his hand, right? In typical Browns fashion, but you know, and don't forget they're also playing without Miles Garrett, so which I think what they're going to get him back somewhere around midseason, right? It's what we're, we're hopeful now, but it's just yeah. So they're without a key element on that defensive line. The Browns, the Browns have been in the games. They've been playing what, like that Steelers game week one. I mean, that yeah. one, they could have won that one. Well, Pittsburgh, were, as you know, and as, as the rest of the world knew again today, plays down to their competition on the road. Yeah, well, and they were also about <laughs> TJ Watt too, which yeah. I think hurt. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm just, I'm not sure if Kaiser's the guy. He might be. Let's see how the season goes. But. If they don't win a lot of games, I have a high draft pick, and I could get maybe one of these young quarterbacks coming out of college. Could well, be. You're already to take another high draft. Well, didn't they take Kaiser what the second, second round? Second round. But if yeah. we're talking, see, I'm a Sam Darnold guy, and I think okay. if you have a chance to get him, and, the, and the biggest thing too with Darnold's me good. with me this year, not to get into the draft talk already, is that they have all this ammunition from all the trades that they made. Brock Osweiler taking his contract down. They have all these ones and twos yeah. and and late round picks. So. It's conceivable that if they could get somebody they want, or maybe a Jimmy Garoppolo situation, depending on what happens yeah. with him, there's ammo there. The point I'm trying to make is that there's no need to say we're definitely committing to Kaiser, but I'm open to the idea. We'll see yeah. how the season goes, and don't don't give up on the kid. Just no. it's only like three games in, and but a second round pick's not a first round pick. You're not promising. You know, you want competition. I'm just curious, like when did the Raiders draft Derek Carr? Second round. Second round. Yeah. Okay. So. When did Tom Brady get drafted? Okay. Sixth round. Come on. And you, you think, you think not every not every first round court. When did Jamarcus Russell get drafted? I want those drafted? car moments though. <laughs> I want those car wrong. moments like his rookie year when you knew this was the guy. Well, you know, and but, it hasn't happened yet, but we'll see. Okay. Maybe it does. Fair enough. I mean, but Carr his rookie year also went three and thirteen. So you can get those moments and still have a bad season. Yeah. So. I know. I fully agree. Fully yeah. agree. We'll see. I'm I'm hopeful, but the Colts yeah. win. It was uh, their first one of the season. Who knows what that should have been? Team. A second win. Should've they should have they should have beaten Arizona. Another bad team as well. Uh, Arizona. Oh god. Well, I want to talk about two particular upsets today. We can actually group these three together in the interest of time. All right. But you had the Bills over the Broncos. Yep. You had the Vikings over the Bucks without Sam Bradford with Case Keenum destroying that secondary. Stephon Diggs. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. And you had the Bears beating the Steelers for their first win at home. Yep. I would even throw we'll throw in another one in there, make it a quad. The Dolphins losing to the Jets. 
Oh, this is yeah. what I mean by going into the draft talk already. All the other terrible teams won. So now the Browns are in that pole position just about. Just about. Well, but. the Bears realistically should be 2-1 and one right now. They had two drop touchdown passes in week one against the Atlanta. Falcons. Yeah. And Atlanta then on fourth fourth and goal had a, just a great sack. Without a couple of those drop passes, this is a 2-1 and one team yeah. right now. But as Bill Parcells said, you are what your record says you are. Sure. And I just, this game was comedy. The blocked field goal into the, <laughs> oh my God. Into the fumble yeah. at the one. Which, by the way, you know, I didn't realize that was the rule. That they placed the ball there and that they, you know, like how, how it ended up happening. Where I'm they gave him the ball and then still. I think this is, not only was this a week of good kicking, exciting endings, but also confusing rules. Tariq, Tariq <laughs> Cohen gets his touchdown taken away. Yeah. He chucked the ball into the stands. Did they call a personal foul on that? I don't know. I, I didn't see. See, this is what gets I'm, me. I'm confused by that because and, yeah, and this that is what, was an incredible run, too. It was an incredible throw. I mean, I think he threw yeah. that into the upper deck, too. <laughs> but it was an incredible run. Look for the Bears to scheme him in the quarterback. It was, uh, yeah. Uh, but, no, the Steelers just played down to the competition. That might be, of all the games that mentioned, oddly, might be the least surprising because I saw week one. They didn't look that good against the Browns. They won that game week one because Antonio Brown was a beast. Right. And yes. solely because of him. Yeah. Ben Roethlisberger might be beat. There's always a chance he's injured. He looks beat up already. Um, and you mentioned T.J. Watt not being there. Yeah. Bears better than what we all, what the perception is of them, and it's a recipe for an upset. Yeah, I think one of the announcers on a scramble by Roethlisberger today compared him to an RV. <laughs> Just like a slow-moving yeah. RV. And I was like, wow. Yeah. That was great. Just... Um, yeah, I would say that the, the Bears win was probably the least – Shocking of the upsets, yeah. Just because I think I don't think the Bears are a great team, but I think that they definitely have some talent there. Um, and again, the Steelers playing down to their competition for sure. That's been like the case ever since Tom's been there. You know, that's just how they do it. I don't know. I don't know why. And also, Ben Roethlisberger is notoriously bad on the road. Yeah, it doesn't matter who they're playing. It's funny because I don't feel like I'm that shocked when you look at the other three games as well. Bills-Broncos, in that one, the Broncos were 2-0. Could have lost to San Diego week one. Yeah. The Dallas game was another one of those weird games where, like the Jaguars-Ravens game, it just snowballed on them. Yeah. Buffalo had them at home. McDermott has proven to me that I think he's, I think he's a great coach. I like his scheme. I like that yeah. they're not punting on the season, even though the front office, front office is trading away all their players and picks. Sure. And Taylor had a good game. Taylor had a great game. Yeah. They controlled the ball. That's how the Bills are going to win this game. Time of possession, keep the other offense off the field, and still make plays with that defense. So that did not shock me too much. Buffalo can be a tough place to play when they get it going. I think I think Rex Ryan must be really pissed right now because they played like the most Rex Ryan type game today. <laughs> you know, and he's like, "That's my team. That's you guys literally played my football." I mean, they they ran the ball well, they controlled the clock, and they played solid defense. Denver now going with Oakland next week. You, you wonder what this team's going to look like because I thought they weren't going to be that great. I, I picked them to miss the playoffs. I felt pretty bad after the first two weeks, but. Who knows? I mean, the good thing about Denver for Denver, Oakland, and Kansas City is that you have the Chargers blowing games every week, so they will yeah. find a way to lose one to you every uh, every year, at least one. Yeah, yeah. Because the Chargers should be right in the thick of this too, on a pure talent basis. In the my Chargers opinion, should be two and one. It should be three two and one teams potentially. Um, well, actually, they should all be two and one because the Chargers. I mean, no, I think about the Chargers will not have beat the Chiefs at all this week. So yeah, 
Uh, well, they would have if, uh, if Phil it, Rivers I, could throw to the right team. I, and I kind of like Rivers, but man, when it goes bad, he just starts chucking it up. It's like a game of jackpot out there. Yeah. Because, you know, you, <laughs> the beautiful part, the, the one beautiful part about being in a, in a city that has two teams that force <laughs> you to watch their games every week when you yeah. don't take it is you see a lot of their games. And watching this Chiefs-Chargers game just about every play, Two of those four, I think, was it four picks today? I believe so, yes. Two of them were just throw it deep and see what happens. Like, yeah. I'm not Phil Rivers, but that's what the mindset looked like. So and The Chiefs are not the team to do that against. You know, Marcus Peters, I think, I'm saying it right now, I think he's the best cornerback in football. That I would not I disagree would with you on that. Okay. Uh, he's, he's, he's easily one of the best corners in the league. He's in the discussion. Nobody doesn't have him in the discussion. Like, he's in... He's in the he's in the room with all the other top oh, quarterbacks. Yeah. Oh yeah, hands down. Thing. If not the best, he's he's definitely in the yeah. in the first three mm-hmm. for sure. Um, and how about this? I mean, they lost Eric Berry in the first week against the Pats, and their defense is still great. And part of that is Houston. Houston is looking like Houston of old. I mean, he is unstoppable. I mean, Kareem Hunt helps though too. I know we got sidetracked well, on this sure, game, but, but I gotta not, talk about but Kareem Hunt's not playing defense. But you know, but, but yeah. you have a running back like him. Yeah. Move the ball. Andy Reid. I mean, yeah, everyone's comparing him to Westbrook. The games might not necessarily be the same, but the, the comparison is all-purpose back, do a little bit of everything. And when you need to just yeah. – and he loves long drives. You know, Andy Reid loves those 10-minute – I call it the, the slow roasting. He's yeah. a big barbecue guy. <laughs> the he, just low, likes, low, he just yeah. likes to low and slow it, and, uh, yeah. and it works. But, yeah, the Chiefs are tough. I mean, they're, they're going to be a tough team to beat. But, you know, getting back to some of these other games – Tampa Bay, I, I think what we saw in Tampa Bay, very similar to what we saw in Oakland, right? Another team that everyone was on the – maybe yeah. it was the Hard Knocks thing this year. But even without that show, I think everybody was high on them for obvious reasons. Young quarterback, a lot of young weapons. Yeah. They, they beat some teams they probably shouldn't have the last the last two years. This was another team, a darling in the NFC. Minnesota is a damn good football team. <laughs> and they don't care who's their quarterback, who's yeah. their running back. They're going to come out on defense, punch you in the mouth. Now with this Diggs fella, like, it yeah. doesn't matter who's throwing him the ball. Yeah. I'd be very scared if I was Aaron Rodgers to play them twice a year. Oh, for sure. I, I will say this, though, about Tampa Bay. I think part of what really hurt them this week was losing Gerald McCoy. I mean, yeah. you, you lose yeah. that sort of uh, front-line talent in your defense, it re- greatly affects your team. I mean, look at how the Rams are playing without Aaron Donald, and then he comes back. Mm-hmm. I know, granted, the Rams did blow out the Colts. Yeah, <laughs> but they're a much different team on that front seven when Aaron Donald is there. Um, same with the, with the Bucks. But, yeah, the Vikings are legit defense. We saw that last year. Granted, though, we had this talk last, last year, I think right around week four, week five, when I said, oh, man, the Vikings, I think they're going to go the postseason. They might be a Super Bowl team. And what happened? They say in Brantford the season. So right. um, maybe having uh, Case Keenum is uh, what they need. Well, Bradford was having, you know, had a very, very good week one. And I think a lot of people are starting to see him get more comfortable in this offense. Yeah, he's and actually Diggs being really well. probably the best receiver he's ever had. <laughs> I can't think That's of a, a better, call. right? Like, huh. But Let's the see. point is, Diggs is a budding star. He never played with, the, like, Holton, those guys in the Rams. Like, he didn't no. get that era. Oh, no, no, no. Nobody in no. St. Louis, probably. No one, no one that good. Well, maybe Jeremy Macklin in, in Philadelphia, right? So, then would he get a year of him? I think so, yeah. right? But then Macklin's always getting injured too. So, like, I yeah. don't know how much they were on the field together. Yeah. Um, but 
They have a they have a good recipe there. Tampa Bay, I, I, they still need to set up that run game. You know, they're they're asking Jameis to do too much in these this offense. This offense to me is big plays, which is fine. But I, I don't look at Tampa Bay and think, man, I really trust them to go you know seventy yards, twelve plays. Well, but they have the receivers to do that though. I mean, when you I have Mike just, Evans and Deshaun Jackson, yeah. you can get vertical. But right, I mean, the what it boils down to in part is Jaquiz Rogers is not Doug Martin, and Doug Martin won't be back for. At least, but what, they don't even know if they want Doug on that team. Though. See, that's they have a weird running back setup. A lot of teams do. <laughs> you know, Seattle comes to mind as well. But they have a weird setup in Tampa Bay where they're still not fully committed to Martin as the guy. Which is odd because, I mean, yeah. he I was, what, the second-best running back last year behind Ezekiel Elliott? Maybe third-best running I think back? Jo- I think Howard Jordan, was Jordan Howard, yeah. yeah. So... It's not like Doug Martin is a bad running back. He's a great running back uh, when he's healthy and when he's not suspended. So yeah. I think if they could commit to him and and really pound the ball, they're going to open up that vertical game for someone like Deshaun Jackson. And, you know, Mike Evans is just one of those guys. You can yeah. you can put him anywhere on the field. He'll catch the ball. He can go deep. He can go over the middle. He can anything. Well, this one game we'll see Tampa Bay if they can, you know, respond only their second game of the season. But the most upset people today, fan base, probably the Jets because they messed up their draft position already. I already had text from Jets fans. <laughs> More upset curious. than the Dolphins fans who thought they were going to win? Yeah, I, it's tough. I think it's like 50-50 because say, that game was terrible, awful. We're not going to spend too much time talking about it, but it was just not good. And yeah, I don't. It, you look at this. Like Jai looks like he's banged up, but Cutler yeah, didn't up, yeah. play horrible. I don't. That game yeah, made no exactly. sense to me. Well, yeah. I mean, let, me put, let me put it this way. That's right. I benched well. Marcus Mariota Oof. and started Jay Cutler because I figured, oh hey, it's the Jets. What mm. could go wrong? <laughs> yeah, it's, and then this yeah, happened. It was man. This what happened. A, what a dud. Um, Thankfully, I had Jordan Howard on my team. <laughs> so the AFC East just keeps rolling on. But uh, Money Mitch, Fett, Chris Moore, a couple more games to get to. Maybe right up there with the, the games we've mentioned for games of the day, Falcons-Lions, down to the final, final yeah. frame. Oh, yeah. As close as you can get to a Lions victory, but that not was, to be. That was reminiscent of the uh, Titans-Rams Super Bowl, like the one-yard. <laughs> yeah, stakes a lot lower. The, the one, yeah, well, sure. Yes. <laughs> a lot lower than a victory at But no field. less exciting, though. You know? It was it was more close, way more close than that. I think he was a half yard, supposed to a full yard shy. Yeah. So Atlanta wins this game thirty to twenty six, and you mentioned it being a big day for a lot of different reasons. Big day for weird rules and just understanding yeah. how stuff works because we watch a lot of football. Did you know that the runoff thing was in play? That was news to me. See, this is where I got confused because I've I knew that there's obviously runoffs, you know, like certain penalties and what have you. Right, if you fall start like trying to rush, then that makes sense. Right. There has to be a certain amount of time on the clock to start the ball. I get that sort of thing. But here's the thing: the play was ruled a touchdown by the officials. Right. They ruled a touchdown. Now the NFL, as we know, has a rule: every single touchdown has to be reviewed. Mm-hmm. That's a rule. Yeah. There's nothing you can do about that. The coaches didn't ask for the review. They didn't throw a challenge flag. They can't, you know, in under two minutes. The yeah. officials did what the officials were supposed to do. They they reviewed the play. They overturned it. And then on top of that, they took off 10 seconds? <laughs> so why? Here's the rule book says that it's basically designed in layman's terms. Because I looked this stuff up after because I was confused as well. That it's to 
basically it's in favor of the defense. It's not to let the offense get an extra timeout in that situation. They're saying that there would be at least 10 seconds in between the time of play ends, assuming that you're not out of bounds with the clock running to get the next staff off. So in theory, and this is where there's that gray area, if he would have been tackled cleanly at the one, they would have had to get up, snap the ball, everyone get in position, and it would have taken at minimum 10 seconds. So that's where the runoff. Now, using the term runoff makes it seem a little more ambiguous, but I'm with you. It was just weird. Now, that's the thing. If If you say, okay, it's not a touchdown, and you start the clock at 10 seconds, you gave a glorified timeout to a team that didn't have one. Yeah. So they would have, if they had true. a timeout left, they would have burned. It would have automatically burned it. That's my understanding of the rule. Tough right. loss for the Lions. Tough break. That. Could not get closer to them than that. But by rule, and you'll hear that a lot, especially with the yeah. catch rule, rule, it was interpreted correctly, and that's how it was supposed to be. This is this is two games in what three, four years that the Lions have been screwed because of a <laughs> of a rule. I mean, we have a rule called the Calvin Johnson rule now. Yeah, this is the Golden the Tate rule. <laughs> now we have like the Golden Tate rule, probably. Yeah, yeah. The Matt you know. Stafford rule. The Matt Stafford Tate rule. Yeah, we we'll just yeah. call it Stafford Tate. Yeah, tough, tough. I mean, and they were it was right a, there. It was a great comeback drive. I think the Lions uh, are definitely looking as good as they did last year. They're a solid team, and man, the Falcons too. Uh, Falcons have had a tough, you know, couple weeks, and they're two, they're uh, three and zero, but they've had to earn it. And I think yeah, but the good teams do. They do, and missing Vic Beasley hurt this game because I've said yeah. last week that I think they could be the best team in football. With him, though, because he led the league in sacks last year. You get a mm-hmm. pass rush going with all their talent, yep. they're tough to beat. Uh, the other games Vastly I want, under, underrated defense. You know, the sure. other games I wanted to get to before we wrap this up, you had the Saints see them get selves, get that first win of the season, putting it on Carolina. Oh, my God, yeah. And you had Green Bay stumble across the finish line and beat the Bengals, who... Yeah. And two teams going in opposite directions, but some vulnerabilities. And then there's one more I've forgotten, that Seattle looking awful against oh, the Titans. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I bring these up together because if I would have told you week one that this was the week three schedule, we'd all assume, okay, games of the day, two loaded teams. Not really the case anymore. Yeah. A lot of these games, you know, some of these teams, I mean, of the six, we might see two in the playoffs, maybe three. Um, let's see. Bengals, no. Packers, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, okay. I mean. I think the Packers are a playoff team. I mean, I would agree with you, but it's not a lock. No, well, of course not, because as Minnesota. we said before, yeah. Minnesota's playing really well, uh, and the Bears and the Bears yeah. are magically winning games. Titans, <laughs> Titans, maybe Seahawks uh, for no. sure. No, no, no playoff team. They don't even win that division. No, I mean it's a bad division. It is. That's why I still think yes, because I just think that division sucks, I and mean, I think they could win that. I don't know who stuff. wins that division. Would it be the Rams? Then I oh, guess by God. default at that point. Because the Niners and the Cardinals. I'm just aren't gearing do that. myself up for how brutal Rams Seahawks are going to be this year when they play. Like how awful those, those games, games are, are every always year. Always interesting. At least. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're nine to six, but at least they're interesting. Nice. Yeah, no, I just think the Bengals, that team, it's going to be AJ McCarron behind center soon. I mean, they've they've pretty much. Are you giving up on Andy Dalton? Huh? <laughs> did I not wait wait long enough? <laughs> do you need more time? I can give you more How long time. How long's he been in the league now? Yeah. Um, give him time. He's still developing. Packers aligned, not looking good. Rodgers no. is getting hit more than I've seen him get hit a lot this year. And and man, well, I could say the same about Russell Wilson in Seattle. Well, before the season started, 
the Seahawks offensive line was rated, I think it was by Pro Football Focus. I could be wrong, but they were rated the worst offensive line in the league. And they are playing like the worst offensive line in the league. Um, you know, granted, the score of this game was a little closer than, <laughs> than uh, the game really uh, was. I mean, <laughs> the Titans controlled this game from start to finish. I think Seattle was leading for a brief moment here and there. Sherman just throwing a cheap shot there. I was not really a fan of that. I'm, I've I've lost a lot of respect, I think, for Richard Sherman. I still I still like him as a player for the most part. I like him off the field. I like that he yeah. that he speaks his mind. But he's been lately, from what I've been watching, it, it just seems like he's getting dirtier and dirtier. Just unnecessary hits. Yeah, and I don't know if it's just frustration with, with the defense. I don't know if it's frustration with just how the team is playing. Maybe he's lost a step, and that's he's got to do like the little tricks and what have you to keep up with with receivers. I don't know. I, I you know I'm not going to speculate. You know what it is, but you know when he's on point, he's still I think one of the best corners in the league. But he did not look at today, no. and he he I mean he got three flags on one play. Now let me just point th- let me just put this in perspective. The Raiders had three flags as a team all game. Against the Redskins tonight, Richard Sherman got flagged three times on one play. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> so. one way to get on the stat sheet. <laughs> yeah, how about that for a random stat? He, Wilson's going to get killed back there, similar to Cam Newton. How he's been getting beat up yeah. all season. I mean, you got to protect these guys. That they have no chance with free rushers running through. Um, but Titans look good. You know, I, I don't think they're they're out of it. I mean, the AFC South suddenly. You know what? Every team except the Texans wins today. Yeah. So, and they could have won. It could have been a perfect day for the South, but I know. Um, all right, Chris Miller. Last thing before I let you go, Money Mitch Effect. What we do this year, the new concept, is telling everybody where you were wrong, what analysis you thought going into this week was proven wrong. And I'm going to start by just saying <laughs> I'm not giving up on the Saints as a potential playoff team. I picked them to get that last wild card in the NFC, and I'm still holding out hope. Oh my gosh! Well, let's see. I'm still holding out hope. I'm still the Panthers. They the Panthers don't look good. The Bucks could be overrated. Yeah, penciling the Falcons. Yeah, I mean it's possible. It's sure. possible. So, but I think right. the, the Falcons are definitely going to win that division. The Saints as a wild card. Could maybe, it, maybe, maybe. Stranger things. Have I think happened. two teams are going to come out of the North. There's one team out of the West. One team out of the East, and I think. maybe one or two teams out of it. So it's possible. It's possible. Yeah. So what do you think you? need to revisit uh, an opinion or a take or a thought you had going into this week that you're like, no, I'm not so sure. Well, if we're just basing this on like my fantasy football teams. <laughs> no, well, uh, okay, okay, one, uh, the Jets. <laughs> I was totally wrong about the Jets. I thought they were going to get rolled. I thought they were. it was going to be a merciless killing, much like the Raiders did to them uh, last week, and they looked way better. Also, I was wrong about the uh, Broncos offense going this week. I honestly thought they were going to have a much better game in Buffalo than they did. They didn't have a horrible game, but they did not look like the Broncos offense from the last two games. Um, what else? I mean, God, I was going yeah. on a lot of things. I mean, where <laughs> the, the easiest Carolina's one is defense. Yeah. The easiest and one, Baltimore's defense. The I, easiest I, one for me is Baltimore. I was just going to say, yeah. like, I thought, you know, like a lot of people, but I'll say on a broader s- scope, I didn't think Watson would be ready right now to be the guy in Houston and he is now I don't know what that ceiling is going to be like if there'll be yeah. regression if he'll hit that wall but he's ready to go right now and I thought 
it would take a while. Yeah. <laughs> so what's wrong? He's there? looking good. I mean, give it time. I mean, he's definitely looking good. You know, like I said, I think him and Kaiser are both showing some uh, some good signs. Yeah. I think Watson has the better team around him to work with. He definitely has the better run game, the more solid defense to to back him up. But both those guys, I think, are looking good, and you know, it's 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 a bright future, hopefully, for quarterbacks finally in we the hope NFL. So. We hope because we need it. Well, all right, Chris Miller, Money Mitch effect. This was fun. Yeah. Do you always. have a uh, Do you have a uh, dress watch team this year, or it doesn't have to be a dress. It could be oh, something even more. It I doesn't have to be. It can be more tasteful. Like, like a team going, that, that I think is definitely if they win not the Super Bowl. I, well, I mean, definite to the point of we're not talking like Jets or Browns, like a team that's like a middle of the road mediocre. Middle of the road mediocre, man. And now, and we'll, I mean, we'll say not dressed. You know, it could be like full costume, like like a well, with Star Wars or just. Oh, I would sure. No, uh, but it would have to be. Can I, I pick mean, the Cardinals? Are of, they too too not middle of the road? Because I think the Cardinals yeah. right now. Despite being one on one, are no, probably you, my Cardinals don't fire. count. Cardinals They're my don't dumpster count. fire They're team of the good. year right now. They're not good. David Johnson's healthy. I'd say okay, but we can't let that go. Fair enough. Um, Ooh, I got one for you. Cowboys. Sure. You write them off. No, I don't write the Cowboys okay. off because right. they're playing the they're playing Arizona tomorrow night. That's a bounce back game. Okay. They played a poor game against a good Broncos defense. Okay. And and I think. The Broncos' offense uh, I need a, I need a show that you're not high high on. That isn't just totally terrible. That's for. I would say after today, the Bucks right now. Oh, oh. I mean, if you if you say it, <laughs> you know, uh, I still think the Bucks are pretty good, but they certainly look. We uh, can timid go out there. We can go Bucks. You can go Saints if you want to just ride that out or an AFC. You know what? Team. I would. I would. I'll go because you think the Saints are a wild card team. I don't think they're a wild card. Okay, team. so Saints are where we're at, huh? I will. I will. I'll wear something. I'm, we'll I'm, figure it out next time. I don't time think the Saints out. are bad enough to be full dress like full the Colts dress. were last year, but they're definitely like like maybe some sort of stage makeup or like werewolf mask or something. I got or, it. You know? I got it. You will have to go and we'll figure out the specifics later. Into work full day as a. Old school wrestler, but we'll figure out which one at a later date. That's Ultimate a tease. Oh, wow, that's gonna be tough. To it's gotta be one that wears long pants. Yeah, though. I'm not wearing. I'm well, not. Wearing I hate to break shorts. it to you, Warrior did not wear pants. Can so. I be like? Can I be like Hollywood Hulk Hogan with the longer <laughs> pants? Maybe I'll do that. We'll figure it out. We will. But all right, Chris Moore, this was fun. Thanks again for yeah, coming on the show. All right, big thanks to Chris Miller for breaking down the NFL game on the show. It's been ages since we talked. We'll be back on soon to continue to break it down, see if there's Raiders snap out of it. Now, we can kind of all root for the Saints. I like old-school WWF as much as anyone. So, yeah, let's see what the Saints can do and make that dream a reality. Ultimate Warrior, Macho Man, we'll see. But all right, next up, it's college football. Matt Wittenberg on the show. A lot to discuss. A lot to discuss. The movement at the top. Oklahoma slides down. Clemson slides up. Bama is still number one. Those are your top three teams. Penn State surviving. USC in a scare as well. We got some big games coming up this weekend. Here's Matt Wittenberg to break all that down on the Money Mitch Effect. All right, Money Mitch Effect, college football discussion time. Back on the show, recurring guest, friend of the program, Matt Wittenberg. 
Matt, thanks for joining the show, and I know the mood's a lot better than it has been the weeks prior. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you for having me. But yeah, I had kind of forgotten what it felt like the Monday after a win for my uh, Devils, so yeah, definitely welcome. I wasn't really expecting to have this win over Oregon this past week, but hey, I'll take them wherever I can get them. You know, we don't usually talk about the non-big matchups, the non-ranked you know ranked big matchups, but it was a huge win for Arizona State. A lot at play here, a losing streak that went on for over a decade. Mm-hmm. Uh, an Oregon team that I think people were in a rush to say that they're back to being good in the first year under Coach Willie Taggart, but Arizona State started out the season poor again, 1-2 and two going into this game. He knew going into this one that a loss here and I don't want to say wave goodbye to ball eligibility, but it wasn't going to look good. No, this is a tough slate of games we have coming up. So this was absolutely a must win. It was a home game. And like you said, people may have been a little too quick to judge Oregon. Three straight wins for them, but no one's super impressive. They beat Nebraska, who's proven to be not great. They beat Wyoming on the road, which may not be that big of a win with how bad Josh Allen's been. So... This was, like you said, yeah, one we had to have. I, I still think that bowl eligibility might be a little bit of a stretch for this team, but hey, it's something positive to build off of, and they got to get ready for another tough one this week on the road against Stanford. Yeah, two and two. Um, I think it's a, it's a good place to be at, all things considered. I don't think a lot of people would have thought if it was going to be two and two, it would be these two wins and the two losses that they had. But no, not hey, at after all. the Tech game, you know, and, and San Diego State, you know, you were. You were searching for wins, and to come against Oregon, a team that's you know headed out for you for a lot of years. True, and those two non-conference losses not looking as bad now. Texas Tech undefeated, just beat Houston this past week. San Diego State knocked off Stanford a couple weeks ago. So yeah, maybe maybe the program's not in as bad shape as we thought. But I mean, I'm going to reserve judgment until a couple more games are under their belts. So I want to uh, start with. For the ranked teams, I want to start with uh, an SEC game, the game that was the SEC afternoon game. And I don't know if the homicide's been reported, but what Alabama did to Vanderbilt, I feel like we should say something. Oh, man. Because that was like watching a crime unfold. I I think Bama, you know, I heard about the players-only meeting. That revved them up. Saban obviously thought they were kind of stuck in neutral. But they're good for one of these every year where they're still, the record's still good. They might be playing sloppy. And they just turn it on. And they turn it on against a team that thinks maybe they have a chance. Vanderbilt had no chance. 59 to nothing with as dominant of a saving performance as there's been in quite some time. And that's really saying something. Uh, absolutely. That's, yeah, homicides, I think, the perfect word for it. I don't think that Vandy ever crossed midfield at some ridiculous stat like that. But, yeah, a lot of people were singing Vandy's praises this week, thinking that them having a home game in Nashville, not necessarily the greatest environment, but... You figure that gives would give them a little bit of an edge, but no, they. I don't know if it was they didn't show up so much as like you alluded to, Bama just being that good, and I think we take that team for granted just we because do. how good they've been the last few years. That they look historically good so far this season. It was pretty funny to see Saban flip out on a false start penalty up by like fifty points. <laughs> um, I mean, when you're doing that well, you got to find something to nitpick at. I don't know. Harris is another beast running back. Like they find it, Scarbo Harris. Like they just recruit well and throwing trees down there. Did you notice so. the quarterback that came in? How well he looked, the freshman, when they gave him some time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Vandy's <laughs> spirits were a little broken at that point. So, 
a little too t- a little tough to judge his performance from that. But I mean, if the kid got recruited to play at Alabama, you know that he's got some talent. So Bama's the number one team in the country for obvious reasons. But there's some flipping this week in the polls. Clemson's now the new number two. Oklahoma drops to three, and a lot of it is what happened on Oklahoma's side. Baylor would have pulled off the upset of the year if they would have won that game. 49-41, Oklahoma wins. I don't think any of us thought they were really in danger. Oklahoma just kind of felt like, no. you know, we felt like they could just turn it on and, and score when they needed to. But there's a focus factor, and we've talked about this before. The Big 12 is not as bad as it's been in, a, in the last couple of years. They got to, I just got to say, they got to be really careful because you play like this against West Virginia, Oklahoma State, TCU. Texas even. They could be in trouble. I, there were some bad signs, especially on that defense, some things I didn't like out of Oklahoma this week. Yeah, it's a uh, big 12 games. You know you're going to get a lot of scoring, and then this one was pretty par for the course. Waco, pretty hyped up environment this week. I mean, the team's 0-4. They're looking for any sparks to sort of get going. Not, not the best start for Matt Rule's tenure there, but... Yeah, Oklahoma maybe looking a little ahead. Who knows? But it's like you allude to. They were able to score when they need to. Baker's probably still the best college quarterback in the country, like most suited for the college game and probably the Heisman leader right now. And they're running back. I can't remember his name, but he looked really good that game too. But Adams, right? Adams, yeah. okay, yep. Yeah, I mean, their offense, you know, if Baker runs – as as crisp of an offense, he's been in college. We joked for how long he's been there, but he knows <laughs> year, he yeah. knows what he's doing out there. And those long drives, that's what they went back to. You know, I felt like they got away from that early in that game, but when they were down somehow in the second half, and it was in a close game in the fourth, Mayfield's like, "Let's just run these ten play drives. Let's eat up clock and do what we do." You wonder what's going to happen when, as we alluded to, the competition steps up. But if you're going to have a game like this, maybe Baylor's not the worst team to do it. No, we could be a wake-up call for them to realize that they can't afford to look ahead. And the margin of error is so thin in the Big 12 with how high-scoring these games are because you don't know if they're going to have a weak offensive performance in a week and score 20 points. Yeah, and honestly, like we've talked about, that division, that, that conference is still trying to earn respect on a national level. It hasn't mm-hmm. gone well for them on a national level up until probably the Ohio State win for Oklahoma. They might not get the benefit of the doubt with one loss. No, that's so. leave nothing to doubt. Win, go undefeated, you're guaranteed a spot in the playoff. You get Clemson, on the other hand, it was 7 nothing at halftime against the Boston College team that's only got one win on the season. Mm-hmm. You know, their defense played great all game. Offensively, though, and I think two is fair for them, given what they've done, who they've beaten so far this year. But I still, I mean, to be completely honest, I still have my questions about that offense. Can the quarterback come through when, and I don't know how they're going to be tested now that Florida State's, now Francois is out and they're out of the rankings, but... There's still a work in progress, so to speak, on this offensive side. Yeah, Kelly Bryant looked pretty pedestrian for most of this game. They didn't break it open until the fourth quarter. So, it was yeah, no one really expected this coming, especially Boston College does have a decent defense, but it's still Clemson. You figure talent, right. really, talent's going to overwhelm them. No, it was another game where I thought they were in charge. I mean, they were never really going to lose it. The no. offense just kind of got stuck in neutral, but... I will say, for as great of a coach and a recruiter as Davo Sweeney is, he finds himself now in these games against mid-level, somewhat poor teams in conference. They lost to Pitt last year. Struggled. NC State should have beaten them. It's almost like they give. It's like they're the Pittsburgh Steelers of, the, of college football. They All get up games. for big games, and then they just, <laughs> for whatever reason, don't always bring their A level against the 
the Wii yeah, teams. Interesting to look at too, and all of those games, I believe, BC, and then last year against Pitt and NC State were all at home, which is yeah. I don't know if they get lulled into a false sense of security or what it is, but they did look impressive against Auburn in their second game of the year. So that competition is good, boating for them going forward, and they're going to get another big test this weekend and probably the game of the weekend against uh, Vatech down in Blacksburg, who's also undefeated. So. We'll learn a lot about them this week. Yeah, I mean, one final note on that. It's a good point. There's With college football, obviously kids, not professionals yet, but you have the letdown and the look ahead, and there's way more vulnerability for both of those perspectives. You just played a great game. You might not bring it the following week, or you have a big game coming up, and you think, okay, let's just look ahead. I mean, everyone says they're not going to do that, but there's the human element and they're, they're still kids so to speak exactly it's still the same thing but alright Money Mitch Effect Matt Wittenberg college football there were some pretty interesting games for the teams rounding out the top five in the current rankings Penn State down to the final play almost loses Iowa Night Magic at home almost happens again <laughs> they were double digit underdogs Penn State wins on the final play of the game 21 to 19 they survived. I mean, that's the one thing they're going to say. It was not pretty. It was not great for a long stretch of that game for that offense, but they survived, and they did it up until the final drive of the game, I'd say almost solely on the legs of Saquon Barkley. Oh, man, I, you, you can't say enough good things about no. that kid. He's the best running back in college football. He'll be probably a top five, top ten pick in this next draft. But, yeah, that's – Every year, there's always this weird game in Iowa City where teams struggle. Got Michigan last year. I feel like even if you win there, it always ends up looking ugly. It's just the Kirk Ferentz style at home. Yeah, just conservative to a (laughs) T. It's Big Ten football at home. It's a night game. The strength of that Iowa team, it seems like year in, year out, is their interior, their linemen, and their D-line especially. McSorley had a bad game Mm -hmm. up until the final drive, throwing the touchdown. They knocked down at least six or seven of his passes at the line. Now, a lot of it's the D-line being awesome, but some of that's on him as well. Barkley was a machine. I think it was over 300 yards rushing and receiving in this game. So they don't win this game without him, and I'm in agreement that he is the best running back in college football. But you look at this team, and I think this was the first time we saw a true blueprint for how to beat them that doesn't involve the USC Rose Bowl approach, but just <laughs> score 50 on them and see what happens. It's not going to happen yeah. any t- every time, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think defensively, Penn State's good. But what Iowa did, and which I think a lot of teams could, could get learning, Michigan-Ohio State as well when they play, long drives, run the ball, just wear, wear down that interior line and see what happens. And honestly, for how poor Penn State started, it really took Barkley and company a ways to get going late into this game. So I was, I was impressed by Iowa. I mean, they're right there. And, and they're going to give Wisconsin, I think, all they can handle on the other side of the Big Ten, the weaker side. But Penn State got through. It wasn't pretty at all. Yeah, McSorley also a little bit of a shorter quarterback, too. So it's going to be interesting it to see it if, see if uh, teams' D-line start keening on that and trying to bat down more balls. It's obviously not everyone can do right. it. Not everyone has that good of a defensive line. But I feel like you're right that, that some teams will and, start making that approach. And you got to load the box, I, I would think. I mean... He doesn't have his receiver. That he, he had an NFL-level receiver Chris Godwin, yeah, he last was year. incredible last year. So, yeah, Mike Gesicki, the tight end, sort of his go-to guy in the past game. And then Barkley, you can only get him the ball so many times. I'm sure they're happy to try and get him the ball 30-plus times a game. But you saw a little bit at the end, too. He kind of pulled up with a little bit of an ankle. It mm-hmm. didn't take him out of the game, yeah. but you just – 
looking yeah. forward, yeah, you just wonder how much of a punishment he can take. Week One of the in, best hurdles, out. too. Oh, man, this incredible. Hit, keep running, great. <laughs> uh, but the other top five team that had their work cut out for them, USC, again, two straight close weeks. Cal, now this game, it was a 10-point game. It was probably at about 17, but for the most of this game, it was close. First half especially, SC wins 30-20. to 20. First thing I'll say, offensively, it's not as crisp as I would have hoped or a lot of USC fans would have liked. Arnold still has his big arm, his ability to make plays in the clutch, but he's been off at times throwing some picks. The receivers aren't doing any favors. And I'll say, frankly, I'd like to see this team run the ball more. I think they got a great running game, too, but I don't know what your takeaway is. Yeah, two great running backs there, Ronald Jones, Stephen Carr. And it's interesting, yeah, it's not where we would have expected the offense to be at this point in the season. Their defense actually ended up bailing them out in this game, getting three mm-hmm. interceptions. And Cal looks better than everyone thought they would be going 3-0 and into this game. So it's tough. It's an in-state game. There's pseudo-rivalry between those two schools going up to Berkeley. So didn't have the comforts of the Coliseum like they had the previous three weeks. But yeah, we, I still, personally, I still want to see more from Darnell like you do. I mean, we, we're in agreement that he's the best pro prospect and yes. probably the best, most talented quarterback in, in college football. So a lot more has to be put on his shoulders. His receivers need to start making more plays. Like Deontay Burnett's the only one he can go to consistently, and teams are going to key on that. So, And they have another bit, that team with a big test this upcoming week yeah. at Washington State Ooh. on Friday night. So Issues in the red zone, I've noticed, with this team too. Cal, you're right. I mean, way better. I mean, they've lost... They're, I mean, they've lost a lot of talent the last couple of years. New head coach. New head coach and still competing. The Pac-12 is just very fascinating to me. Washington's still buzzing around. USC looks good, but they're vulnerable at times. we got Washington State and some up-and-coming teams that are going to be traps. I mean, it's Utah's very Utah's still undefeated as well. Barely. Barely beating Arizona, though. I don't know if I feel too good very about true. that. Very true. Yeah, that was an interesting but game, Stanford-UCLA game was wild also. Um, just... Stanford pulling away late, but UCLA's defense no, just might be the worst yes. in the Pac-12. <laughs> That's saying something. There's some bad defenses, Arizona State included, in that combo. I do have to mention Money Mitch Effect, Matt Wittenberg. Uh, what I was looking forward to as the game of the week in terms of an even matchup turned out to be somewhat one-sided. TCU beat Oklahoma State 44-31, to mm-hmm. and it was as big of a statement you could argue outside of maybe Oklahoma and what Bama did week one, Oklahoma, Ohio State, obviously. Mm-hmm. But TCU, a team that wasn't supposed to factor into the, you know, everyone had Bedlam. And I, it was funny. I even warned Sully when we were talking about this. We can't be looking too ahead to Bedlam. You never know what's going to happen. Now, I didn't even think that this was going to happen or unfold no. the way that it did. But Patterson's a defensive coach. He's got one of the best units, again, in the country. And you got to like what you see out of TCU going into Oklahoma State and just being the better team, no question. Yeah, tough road game at Stillwater. I definitely didn't see this performance from TCU coming. I don't think they were even ranked in the preseason poll. So, yeah, they've done well to climb the ranks. They beat Arkansas on the road earlier in the year. And, yeah, Patterson t- coach teams are tough. Kenny Hill looked really good. And then this was the first time that Oklahoma State had really been tested and that they weren't able yeah. to just <laughs> – Drop 50 on a team. The Big so. 12 has to have the oldest quarterbacks in the country. They're all Rudolph, <laughs> Baker, Baker, all yep. that's like. But, um, fifth year senior guys. Oklahoma State's D couldn't get off the field. They couldn't get stops. Rudolph had, had, has not looked as bad in a while. No. I mean, some of the throws and decisions he made weren't good. But part of it is, and that's the Big 12 style of play, when you feel like you have to score every possession, yeah, you eventually. get a little greedy and yeah. you know. 
eventually it comes back to bite you. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think that Oklahoma State's margin for error is insanely thin now because it, you figure if they want to make the playoff, they probably have to beat Oklahoma twice now, well, which is yeah, no see, gimme at and, all. And this is where it gets – I agree with you. I mean, there there's no margin for error left. I was waiting until this game or until at least later in the season to crown Oklahoma State the team of destiny like people were willing to do when they destroyed Pitt. The way this conference is set up with the Ron Robin playoff, there's so much more unpredictability. We can't even look at a path and be like, well, if they just win these games, they'll go. No, you're you know, right. You don't know what's going to happen. TCU, Oklahoma, what happens there? And then they, I mean, Oklahoma State obviously has to beat Oklahoma, but you know, now they're probably hopeful for TCU to just beat Oklahoma too and only have to play them once and maybe get a rematch against TCU. Yeah, I think so. that's. I think they're definitely hoping for that to happen. That'd be. And the Big Twelve no, committee no too. Task. I mean, I don't think they want a three-way tie. No, of course <laughs> so not, that man. would be a little tough as well. Kansas State, West Virginia, teams that are lurking as well that can probably that could beat Oklahoma State or any of these teams. Texas still yeah. looking to hit their stride. So it's yeah, this is probably going to be the most interesting conference to watch the rest of the way. A lot of that having to do with the round robin issue. Well, I do want to mention briefly before we you know get to some other games. This is going to be the first time in like five years, no Florida State in the AP poll. <laughs> wow, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it, it makes sense. They haven't won yet. They lose to NC State, but. It's like an NFL team in the sense that the quarterback goes down. They were built around him, and now they, I mean, it's it's sad because now they don't have anybody that could fill the reins, nobody with experience, and it's going to be a long year. Yeah, it's uh, definitely troubling for them. They, of course, have only played two games with one against uh, Louisiana Monroe getting canceled because of the hurricane. So, yeah, you, you don't even get a sort of, like, cupcake game in between Alabama and NC State to get your new quarterback up to speed so it's yeah their offensive line was really bad last year that was one of their big issues coming into this year and obviously it didn't hold up enough for Francois to make it out of the first game on that's they're going to be a really interesting team to watch obviously with a ton of preseason hype number three going into the year and everyone not everyone but me and a lot of other people <laughs> having them circled as the ACC team to come out and then yeah. uh, out into the playoff but yeah, absolutely not going to be the case now. NC State's a pretty good team, too, with a really good defense. So I'm interested to see more from them, especially once they play Clemson. So that'll be a good one. But, yeah, a lot of uh, lot of dashed hopes for the Seminoles. Oh, just, just got it. Well, Money Mitch Effect, Matt Wittenberg, last conference I do want to dive into. It was an interesting week for the SEC because I mentioned we mentioned Bama at the top of the show, but you had the rest of the conference, and we've still been trying to figure out who second best is in this conference. After this week, it looks like it's probably Georgia at yeah. this time in the season. Now, Mississippi State got throttled by Georgia. In Georgia, I should point out. But they were riding high off the LSU win. Fromm looks like he's clearly the quarterback now. Mm-hmm. And that defense is full, full of blue-chip NFL prospects. So if they're going to have a formula to... Be right under Alabama. Obviously, we're not putting anyone in that class. Not I like yet. what Kirby yeah. Smart's done so far. Yeah, hey, a Nick Saban disciple, so go figure that they're probably the second-best team in the conference. <laughs> You're right, though. Eason probably not getting that job back. Uh, that defense, really good. Two great running backs in Nick Chubb, Sony Michelle. And I was definitely expecting Mississippi State to pull it up a game, bigger yeah. fight than what they after their performance last week in uh, Death Valley against LSU, but... Yeah, another big game for Georgia this week, the, the rivalry game against Tennessee, who unfortunately doesn't look that good for our oh. mutual friend, uh, Sully. But, yeah, it's going to be another 
they're going to get up for that game, so it'll be a good te- good road test for yeah. them. And Tennessee is a underdog, <laughs> is a touchdown underdog at home. But when you barely beat UMass yeah. at home, I yeah, mean, you, you kind of make it. your own bed with that one. Oof. Yeah, rough there. And how does Florida keep just escaping by the skin of their teeth? This Houdini act they do every week. Yeah, it's kind of irritating me. It's it's weird. I feel like they like at least the last couple of years they've sort of just fallen like backwards into the SEC championship game because no one else in the East has claimed it. We'll see if Georgia might be up to the task this year. But poor Kentucky, man. Thirty well, thirty one years now after this loss, losing to Florida. I mean that last. I mean, how do you blow a coverage like that on the last play of the game? With I don't get it. No, no one around him. It's well, yeah, Tennessee feel, did that, you know, last week. True, and, but that was a hail yeah, mary and not a, on yeah. the five yard line. But insane. Yeah, you figure there's some sort of voodoo magic behind that 31 game losing streak. I mean, that that's rough. Well, we saw LSU beat Syracuse only by nine, and I think there are some serious issues with that program as well. I don't know if Ogeron's going to be the guy long term. And Probably not. my favorite was A&M in that shootout in Jerry World over uh, Arkansas in what's probably going to be a coach gets fired matchup. Yeah. First, I should say. Feel him, uh, that probably just put the nail in his coffin. And I know a lot of A&M fans weren't happy that they got it out of a uh, close win. <laughs> yeah, still fairly early in the season. But that, that was a really entertaining game. Definitely didn't expect it to be that high scoring but you get to this point in the season where teams are and we've heard this phrase before they just want to rip the band-aid off so now it's like they're not rooting necessarily against their team just but if they're out of <laughs> but if they're out of contention or presumably out of contention they're like let's just get this over with and not drag this out so yeah so it's gonna be interesting i still feel like someone will probably get fired before the end of the year belam i'm not so sure someone's on yet, got but one loss right now or yeah two? the, the Blown game to he's UCLA. That game. And, okay. And then, if he gets a three, I think he's gone. Yeah, I could definitely see it. my boy uh, Christian Kirk, fellow Arizona kid, look amazing getting that uh, that return and then the scoring the game-winning touchdown. So happy for him, but yeah. still lament that he didn't stay home for school. But yeah, glad did. glad to see him do well. All right, money Mitch effect. We're going to do now some week four discussions. Get into uh, what I mean. I shouldn't say week four, but week get into week five of the preview games of what we think are good. And it's not the best week, we'll be perfectly honest, but there's always good football on. And uh, we're going to start with that Clemson-Virginia Tech game. I mean, that was the one that we, it's the game day game. Do you think Virginia Tech has a legit chance against Clemson in this one? I think it'll be close, but that Clemson ends up winning by probably 10. Virginia Tech, not super tested so far in the year. They have the week one win against West Virginia. That looks pretty good. Defense is like the one thing that you could count on count on to travel, and Clemson's defense, other than Alabama, is probably the best in the country. Might even make, be able to make the argument it is better than Alabama's defense. So, I feel like they they have a good shot. It's gonna be Kelly Bryant's first big road test, though, so it'll be interesting to see how they come out of the gate. But I feel like their defense will make enough plays and that they'll pull away eventually. Yeah, yeah, probably win by 10. Touchdown favorite on the road, that seems about right to me. You, you always wonder, though, because if Clemson <laughs> gets up and, and Virginia Tech's defense is stingy, we could see Dabo go ultra-conservative mode. He's done it before. So I'm with you. I think this is going to be similar to the Boston College game where it might be 7 nothing at the half, 7-3, and then we'll oh, go I from there. I definitely see yeah. that. But I just think, yeah, like you said, Brian on the road, I don't know. we got to <laughs> – we need some data there to go off of. Tough. Blacksburg's a tough place to play, too. They get, enter Sandman, get the crowd going right out of the gate. So, yeah, 
So I, I'm seeing one of the lines that's just crazy to me right now is Michigan State opening at a three-point favorite over Iowa at home. Yeah. It seems a little crazy. Now, I know it's the Big Ten, anything could happen, but you got to think Iowa here could pull off this conceivable upset. Yeah, you just worry about the letdown factor with coming one play away from beating Penn State. That it's Kirk Barron's going to be able to get his guys ready to go awful. on the road. Michigan State looked awful, and they I did not think Notre against, Dame's yeah, that good. against Notre Dame. Who, yeah, I, I agree, is not Notre Dame of 1980, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, knows. I would I would agree with that. Iowa probably put smart money on them to cover that, but. That team is night and day at home and on the road, so it's it's tough to get mm-hmm. a read on. Yeah, I just it's hard to be a three point favorite after losing by twenty eight. So we'll see. I don't know. <laughs> also uh, true. We mentioned someone A and M. Did they beat South Carolina this week? Because if that that could be the start of the domino that falls. South Carolina is not exactly God's gift to football. <laughs> no, no, I think that they have a really good chance. That's a home game for A and M as well. Double digit favorites. So, yeah. this would be a bad loss. If they have good quarterback play, or I mean even half-decent quarterback play, they should be able to get done. South Carolina's offense isn't great. But if this game was in Columbia, I'd probably lean more towards South Carolina. But since it's at home in College Station for them, I think I'll lean the Aggies on this one. Does Georgia just destroy Tennessee? I don't know about destroy. Tennessee did look really bad against UMass, but I feel like that (laughs) <laughs> five-star heart Butch Jones will get enough out of his guys to he's, be inspired. You've seen his press conferences recently? It's like he's losing his mind. He's in like full yeah. identity Talking about mode. fake news and everything. Yeah, that was that's interesting. He's, uh, he's a character, that's for sure, and probably one that the Vol, uh, Vol Nation will be happy to be rid of by the end of the season, but I think that Georgia does end up winning this game. I think it'll be pretty close, though. Maybe a touchdown game, but yeah, not baking on our boy Sully's volunteers to no, come away with the I, I, W. I think it'll be about 17 points right around there. George's offense looks explosive. I think Fromm and that Tennessee secondary, oof. Mm-hmm. But I think Tennessee can score points on them. I do. I think they can, at times, when they just decide to open it up, which is the frustrating thing about watching Tennessee yeah, play. I agree. But I think George wins there. You got Bama, four touchdown favorites over Mississippi. That'll probably be... Uh, an easy day for them. I agree. Yeah, I mean, why would you pick <laughs> yeah. anything else? Does Tech beat Oklahoma State? Do they add to their misery? I mean, this is a game where Oklahoma State's an eight-point favorite going into Tech, coming off of a loss, and Tech is undefeated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is. I don't I, like. I like. I like Oklahoma State to get out a close win, but I think more along the lines of a three-point win. I agree. Yeah, we know Texas Tech can score. They beat uh, Arizona State earlier this year, scoring fifty-nine on us. I think it was, but. Yeah, they've just had a pretty solid win on the road at Houston. So, yeah, maybe this team, time to start taking them seriously. Oklahoma State's defense didn't look like anything to write home about at home against yeah. TCU. So, I feel like TC, or Texas Tech rather is going to be able to put up some big points on them. But I think you're right that Oklahoma State ends up winning this game. Mason Rudolph's a little bit better than... Nick Shamook, I can't, I don't know how to yeah. say his name. Shamook, whatever, well, the Texas Tech quarterback. Well, we're not to pronounce that if he beats him. But, yeah, <laughs> right. well, this is it. It's back up against the wall time. Cannot lose this game. Let's see what Rudolph's made of in his senior year. Uh, a couple more games to get to. Ohio State Rutgers, 
<laughs> I mean, next, yeah, next, yeah, that would be whew, that would be a bad one. I would not want to I, record the show the next day. I was having this discussion earlier with a mutual friend of ours, and I was saying that there's going to be more Ohio State fans than Rutgers fans at that game. You figure uh, there's a decent alumni base in the New York City area. Rutgers so. fans, yeah, that's that's you had me at a laugh there when you said <laughs> Rutgers fans. Um, <laughs> now your alma mater plays Stanford this week. Not exactly a, a, a nice, easy, you know, no, cupcake game after a big win. But any chance now Stanford's looked vulnerable at times. I think Arizona, where would you put the percentage of Arizona State shocking everybody here? It's 20, maybe. Maybe that's even okay. a little high. Bryce Love is insanely good. I think he had over 200 rushing yards against UCLA. Our rush defense is, well, our entire defense is nothing to write home about, so... <laughs> Uh, Rashard Penny from San Diego State, I think, had 200-plus yards against us. So I think Stanford's en- ends up probably covering that 16. I We can score, that's for sure, but <laughs> it's just about stopping them. They have been a little inconsistent. They didn't look great against San Diego State or SC, but I don't think that we have the same sort of team makeup right. as those teams and able to key in and stop the run. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, it's those David Shaw 12-play drives that – just bleed you down but hey you know college football anything can happen hey i would be beyond thrilled if we pulled out that win well my favorite game of the week i saved for last we're gonna go to pac-12 after dark because that's where the magic happens usc washington state i'm really looking forward to that friday night game excuse me still an after dark game still after dark yeah i mean we're starting at what 10 30 east coast time 7 Definitely qualifies. So uh, (laughs) that's my favorite game of the week, and it's usually where statements are made. We've seen in these Pac-12 Friday Night Fox games that you know we saw Washington get introduced to everybody last year by destroying Stanford on a Friday night game. Does Washington State have that potential? Can they put an impressive win against USC and announce themselves on a national stage? That's yeah. It's tough to get a read on this game. USC's offense has looked. So inconsistent at the start of the year, going on the road on a short week into Pullman. It's not necessarily the toughest place to play, but yeah, their, their crowd's going to be hyped up for it, no doubt. Yeah. Washington State can score Luke Fox, one of the better quarterbacks in college football. I still like USC to come away with the win, but it's I feel like it's going to be a close game throughout and that they end up winning, probably on a late field goal. What's interesting is I think Mike Leach, and I'd be, in, I'd be interested to hear his opinion on this, but it's like Darnold is the quarterback he's always wanted. Like, oh, if yeah. he would have had Darnold, if you put those two together, like, if you traded <laughs> coaches in this game, that's another argument, but Leach <laughs> would really, really like to work with yeah. Darnold. I do agree. I think Falk can put up points. He can score. He can make plays. But the one unit in this game that I don't trust is Washington State's defense. And no, I think it's... that's going to be the difference. And the, the key you know, similarity, even with, with every team that, that's happened, you can even throw Texas D in there, the way they played. You know, they, they were able to challenge USC, get some hits on Darnold, get in his face. Mm-hmm. I just don't think Washington State can do that. Cal was physical. You know, they were able to you know, play physical in the first half as well. I just don't think Washington State can do this. I'm thinking like... 37, 27-ish, right around there. 10, okay. 10 points. But you know how 10 points is in college football. That could be a late Garbage touchdown. Time. That could be a 17 down to a 10. So Yeah, absolutely. It's it's going to be the one to watch, I think. I mean, maybe even more so than Virginia Tech. Who did they almost in. lose to? Was it Boise they had to come back against Washington State? Yeah, yeah, when okay. Luke Falk got hurt. So. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm giving Leach a chance here. 
But after two weeks, if USC can't say, hey, we need to write the ship, this is time now, mm-hmm. then they were never as good as we thought they were. No, it's a big-time stepping stone game to prove themselves on the national stage. Everyone's going to be watching that game on Friday night. So it's time for them to make a statement, Sam Darnold, to show that he is the best quarterback yeah. in college football. Future Brown, Sam Darnold. Oh, please, no. <laughs> I'd, I'd feel so bad for him. Come on, come on, come on. All the, all the bad teams lost, except, or won, except for us. That's true. Everybody moved out of the way. It was great. <laughs> You know, angry Jets text for my friends that are Jets fans. Just nope. curious yeah, about you, that way. You guys couldn't even beat the Colts. I'm like you're not even in the worst team in your own city. So, <laughs> All right, Matt Wittenberg, this was fun. We're all looking forward to week four. Uh, appreciate you coming on. We'll see uh, what unfolds in the world of college football. All right, thanks for having me. All right, that's the show for today. Special thanks again to Matt Wittenberg and Chris Miller for being on the show, for being guests, and thanks everybody out there for listening. There'll be one more episode this week. And, yeah, i got to recap that Monday Night Football game as well. The Cowboys improving to 2-1, and one, keeping up with the Redskins and Eagles in the NFC East arms race. A, a good win. Dak Prescott looking good against the Cardinals. It's a shame where Fitzgerald, you know, I, I don't know how much longer he's going to play. I don't know if a championship's in the cards, no pun intended. But he is a great player, a class act, and uh, it's unfortunate. It doesn't look like they're going to get a ring during his tenure in Arizona and in the league. But that's the show for today. Money Mitch Effect is on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play. If you like it, subscribe or leave a review there. Tell your friends, you know, friends let other friends know. That's what we do. Uh, but until next time, I'm Mitch Michaels. This was the Money Mitch Effect. Keep watching sports. I'll see you next time.